1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cast on Road of his Radio, brought to you by our friends the FFPC, Bet Online, and Blue Wire. We are trucking towards the beginning of June, and today I am joined by my lovely co host, back and better than ever,
3: Dan Senyo. I don't know. Well, I mean it doesn't take much to be better than ever. So I guess that's probably a fair that's probably a fair statement. Um, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Time's flying and you'd think time would move a lot slower considering we're all kind of stuck and not able to do a whole lot. But yeah, June's June's almost here and all of the you know, all of the news tickers are kind of dead and, and we kinda have to make our own news at this point. So it's it's a little bit more difficult to come by some topics, but I think we've got, I think we've got a couple of nice topics that I don't think a ton of people are really talking about. We see it mentioned here and there on Twitter, but yeah, I think, I think today's going to be, uh, I think today could be a good one until we start arguing and then we just have to cut the whole podcast short.
1: Well, uh, we don't have our uh, ad this week about being short, so I can't do a, <laughs> do a really good transition here, but. I will say there is one bit of NFL news. You can even debate if it's even worthy of fantasy news. It's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco signing a one-year deal with the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And it it is a bit interesting when you look at with Flacco, you know, the the perception of people of how they're viewing the signing in relation to Darnold. Um, But before we get into our Darnold talk, speaking of uh, Joe Flacco, we have our FFPC Stat attack. What is our FFPC stat attack about Joe Flacco, my friend Dan?
3: The FFPC stat attack this week is that Joe Flacco hasn't started 16 games since the year 2017. I don't know if you're aware, folks, but it is 2020. That's a little while to not have played a lot of games. Things started to trail off in Baltimore, and now we get... uh, (laughs) and Flacco on those lovely Jets who are just riddled with talent and upside and that Lego figure, Sam Darnold. But before we move on to that Lego head, we do have to talk about the fact that the FFPC is home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and, of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, Head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And, of course, we've got a handful of tools at Rotoviz here designed specifically to dominate those FFPC leagues. So get in there, myffpc.com.
1: Yeah, so as I alluded to with Darnold and Flacco, some people allude to this possibly being like an insurance policy for for Darnold if he's you know continues to be a bust maybe even competition for Darnold I I don't really see that as anything I I simply see it as they didn't want to enter a season with James Morgan as their backup quarterback in the events of an injury to Sam Darnold they wanted not 2.0 of Luke Falk and that cast of you know, characters that was backing up Sam Darnold that actually had to start games, uh, including like one on like Monday or Sunday Night Football. Um, so I, I, I think this is this just their way of bringing in a quote unquote competent quarterback as their backup. But yeah, I don't I don't think there's too many dynasty implications here, other than I guess it makes Flacco rosterable and deep Superflex.
3: Yeah, and I mean it probably is more the insurance policy than anything. Darnold's kind of got the the Carson Wentz thing going on where he just can't really seem to get all the way through a full season. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the Jets are just a dumpster fire to be completely honest. Le'Veon Bell and and maybe Denzel Mims and rookie drafts are really the only desirable assets. Uh, outside of that, I mean, even Darnold for me in in two QB, he's outside that he's outside the top twenty four for sure. So if you're yeah, I mean, he's not even a QB two for me. Um, it's just there's there's not really a whole lot of upside in the offense. In your two QB leagues, I mean, Flacco is probably just a hold. He's probably available in a lot of waiver wires. I'm not spending a whole lot to go get him. But if you do happen to own Darnold, having Flacco just to hedge is probably a good idea. But I, I wouldn't expect a ton of of legitimate scoring out of either guy. Even though I mean Flacco does have a history of being a decent fantasy quarterback, Darnold's still trying to figure all that out. I mean, he's only going into his 3rd year, so I, we have to give Darnold a little bit of of slack there, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough sledding I think just for another year or two with the the Jets whether they keep Darnold and and stick with that and just continue to build around or if it's start over in, you know, 2022 and and see what happens there. So Maybe Trey Lance becomes an option at some point. Who who knows? I don't think they'll ever be bad enough to get Lawrence or uh, or Fields, but maybe. I mean, maybe that's an option, or maybe they trade. I don't know. It's a it's a weird spot. Uh, I just the the Jets aren't going to be super fantasy viable. I don't think at really at any position.
1: For sure. All right, let's move on uh, from the news of the week to our to- uh, one of our topics we're going to be discussing. So last week, uh, I talked with uh, John Bosch, our commission extraordinaire, about the supplemental draft possibilities uh, in terms of from a commission perspective. Now, I, I do want to kind of discuss from a strategy perspective. And forgive me for kind of like just assuming people are going to follow what I'm doing. But I'm going to be talk we're going to be talking about the strategy based on what I'm doing in my leagues which is basically holding a supplemental auction via blind bid funds and the one of the obstacles here is that many blind bid uh, waivers are opening in leagues right now right after rookie drafts and rookie auctions and so there's still not a clear picture as to what is happening with the, if they're like basically i put in place if players enter a supplemental draft they would then, then go into a supplemental slow auction and the 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 funds for that would be the blind bid funds so with that in mind dan how are how would you be approaching the blind bid waivers that that open up right now would you be just doing dollar i mean zero dollar bids or not bidding at all or are you spending as if the supplemental auction won't happen
3: well i mean ideally there's not a whole lot available in your in your, you know, free agency group. But if there happens to be, I'm not overspending on anything, you know, in, in 99.9% of leagues ever, this is probably when I spend most of my blind bid money. If there happens to be someone of any, you know, <laughs> of any use, otherwise it's, you know, week, week one to week five or six is really when you're spending all of your money. Um, but it, if, if it's being talked about within your leagues that, Hey, if there's a supplemental draft, we are going to do an auction, you know, assuming that it happens. I, I don't know that I'm spending a dollar. But also when we get to that point, I don't know that I'm going full out to try to get that top guy, because everyone's gonna probably have the same amount unless some has been traded or somebody tries to trade some. And then from there, you know, what's a few extra dollars worth that may land you Travis Etienne or you know Jamar Chase or you know obviously he wouldn't be in that but you know just talking about the big time players that potentially could come out that that maybe didn't leave early and and are some bigger names that maybe we're giving you know top three round NFL uh, draft capital to so I think I think if if it's being talked about I think you just hold all of your money if you if you want to add some players just to Fill up the back end of your roster, just go for the zero dollar players. If you're required for a dollar, I'm probably waiting until we get some clarity on the NFL season.
1: Yeah, and the the one thing I will say about that is that it's not even about like saying I want to get ETN or I want to get Hubbard. It's that if you spend, you know, two, three dollars on a player, that is currency that will be much more valuable than the day of the supplemental draft happens, if uh, if there's players that commit to the supplemental draft, your blind bid money went from basically worthless to the value of a future first round pick. So you don't want to have spent any of that money when the value jumps from worthless to first round pick.
3: Right, and and you know in some leagues people are adding it to trades to get something done. Like hey, here's a little bit of extra something just to. You know, we, we do it all the time in our leagues. We, yeah. we always have an extra little bit. And now all of a sudden you'll probably start seeing that kind of stuff stopping or maybe you see a little bit more substantial offers being made only for blind bid dollars if this is something that becomes a reality. Because if somebody's going to hoard the blind bid cash and, and build up a nice bankroll, you're not going to be able to get any of the good players off of them. It's going to end up being a couple of teams fighting it out for second, third, fourth players Depending on how many actually enter and, and you know come out from that, but yeah, I think I think the move obviously is is to just try not to spend anything unless for some reason a, a starting quarterback slipped through the cracks or whatever it happened to be. But or Gronk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but that's especially in like a tight end premium league that that would be something where you might want to spend a few dollars, but uh, it's really tough to make a big bid with the potential of a blind bid auction happening. But but also
1: I will say that if you're going to spend and there's like good decent assets out there, you might as well spend because like losing $20 and losing $120 based on like a $200 or $400 bid, uh, it's basically the same thing. You're screwing yourself either way. Either you're not going to have the assets to trade, trade for or trade away. And so, you know, either you're hoarding it all or you're, or you're spending it at will and, and basically making the bet. There is no supplemental auction, so I'm not worried about it.
3: Right. I mean, if, he, if everyone has $100, you spend $1 to get Gronk or attempt to, your 99 is now worth a lot, a lot, a lot less. Because unless you have a max bid to go on one of these players, you're not getting them. And unfortunately, 99 isn't a max until you acquire more. And in some leagues, I know for some odd reason, blind bid money isn't tradable. I don't understand that. But if that's the case, then you're really screwed. So if you do plan on, you know, hey, the supplemental thing is, you know, it, it seems pretty far fetched. I don't think it's gonna happen, then spend. Go crazy and try to get all of the usable assets on your free agency wire and and don't look back. But don't don't like half asset and just try to go, well, I'm gonna save a little bit for this and no. Just go get your guys if you if you really think there's someone worth having.
1: All right. So We'll transition from basically the supplemental draft slash like, you know, COVID blind bid waivers to more general talk. And let's just talk about how we normally uh, approach blind bid waivers. And as we start the offseason, like you, you know, I'm very much a see it, go get it type in, you know, a normal circumstance where there's no reason for the blind bid waivers to increase in value. And so if there's a guy that was, you know, that slipped through the cracks, if it's a, you know, limited transaction league or, you know, if there's a player that is going like in the top 12 13 rounds of a startup that's a player I'm going to get that's a player I'm going to you know go out all out you know all my buying all my buying money are close to it um, and I guess this is one that next thing we can talk about but also it does have some impact if zero dollar bids are allowed uh, but as far as just in general strategy it's uh, it's use it when 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 you think first think you can use it I, I think that holding it more often than not, leaves you holding a very low value asset.
3: Yeah, I mean, you you always go back and you look at like the Austin Ecklers and, uh, and, you know, the Philip Lindsay type guys that, oh, hey, all of a sudden I've got this now, you know, player worth a a first or more that I got for blind bid money. And, you know, we have those right in our brain. We have that recency bias. Hey, we're going to have one of those guys this year. It's going to be in the, it's going to be in there. I mean, it, it doesn't really happen that often. That's why we only have two names from the last, what, like six years? So, yeah, it's it's a tough spot now that to really find someone worth having, unless you're in a league that's either really shallow rosters or maybe just kind of dumb owners, I, I guess. Um, if If there's someone that is either a starter or someone that has a really clear path to touches, those are the only guys I have any interest in right now, Tar, you know, just random dart throws or, you know, gross second string quarterbacks or whatever those type of options are. I'm not spending my money on that right now. Uh, you know, again, yes, there could be the Austin Ecklers and the Philip Lindsays. And unless there's, a legit starter right now, not like a legit legit or anybody's real value, but unless there's somebody I can see scoring points or having future value, I'm going to hold in the chance that there is an outlier because otherwise you just have wasted roster spots that you're probably going to end up cutting before September 1st anyways. And if you had to spend a dollar on those guys, now you're kind of playing from behind.
1: Yeah, and I feel like we, we pose this question about every year and, and, and we just talk about it. But in a normal circumstance, uh, what what pick value would you give
3: 100% blind bid? I mean, probably like a late third or early fourth. It, it just, it, again, it kind of depends on the leagues. If it's really shallow roster spots, that stuff can be genuinely valuable.
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, my... my th- first thought was I, I, I certainly, w- I wouldn't buy for more than a late third, but also I don't think I would sell for less than an early third and not, you know, it's just, you know, finding the value there, but if you can get, you know, an early third this year is netting yourself to a, or, or, or Burrow, and, you know, I'll take to or borough for all my blind bid money.
3: For sure. Yeah. Without a doubt.
1: All right. So next, uh, before we talk about uh, some deviness and it, the impact of COVID, Let's make some bets uh, with Bet Online.
3: Of course, our good friends at Bet Online. With them, there's no shortage of action going on. Again, our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit BetOnline.ag. And use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all of the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution.
1: Alrighty, now it's time to talk some Debbie. and once again, I think we'll start with uh, the COVID part, and then we'll go into some general stuff. So, our, our buddy David Somerville, who we 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 brought we bring up, bring up periodically on the show. Uh, he often at three in the morning sends me boxers about <laughs> this is a show topic. And I wake up and I'm like, why am I getting a show topics from David? <laughs> but this time he came with a good question that I actually hadn't considered the impact of a poss- possible possible no college football season on Debbie. And it would be a large one. Uh, the, the two main ones would be that every year in rookie drafts of Debbie leagues, there is joe burrows there was joe mixon kyler murray there are players that you know only the most hardcore college football or debbie players had on their radar who was thinking about taking joe
3: burrow in debbie league last year nobody, nobody. <laughs> so or Clyde is Alaire you know yes exactly like, you're and, always gonna have three or four of the guys that get by and this is actually
1: one of the better years as far as like the, the top heaviness for sure but regardless Rookie rookie drafts and rookie auctions in Debbie Leagues would be severely depleted by no college football season because right now, if there's no season, you have all the info you have on these players. Yes, there's going to be the added info of the NFL draft and pro days if those things happen, but there's no breakout performances that are going to happen. So I think that for the most part, you know, NFL teams are going to be looking like, all right, who was taken in Debbie Leagues last year, and that's who's going to be taken in the NFL draft. And so that is going to severely deplete, you know, the top, specifically the top half, or even the depth of rookie drafts and Debbie leagues. And so I guess the, the one actionable piece of advice here is maybe start shopping your rookie picks in devvy leagues because yes, there's still going to be players to bid on and players to win, but you might not have the confidence you do in that you do in bidding on Burrow or CH, CH this year.
3: Yeah. I, I think something, we could probably say with confidence is that the hit rate is going to be significantly lower because we don't have that extra year of data to to work, of tape to work with. And because we don't get to see the, the late, you know, breakouts or the guys continue to do it that maybe, Hey, he looks okay. I'd like to see more. You're not going to get all of that. And then we're going to have to take, the info that we do have and maybe we had some players putting up nice numbers or doing some good things on film that maybe doesn't translate but because we didn't get to see their full you know full body of work or what would have been their full body of work we don't get to realize those things and we're kind of stuck in that hey he could do it you know as a 19 year old or 20 year old or whatever it is but does that translate so I think without really a lot of, I mean, an extra year of film is a lot of film, and a lot of times it's, you know, the, the best and the newest stuff is what we're what we're using to judge these players. Obviously, what they did in the past matters, but what has happening now or in their final year of college matters a lot more in most cases, which is why we have those late breakouts and we we have those risers up the board of maybe guys that were mid tier players that all of a sudden become that big time player. So I think, I think moving those rookie picks in Debbie leagues, even if we don't have a full, you know, I think, I think this year is going to be a little bit disjointed. I think a lot of that stuff is either going to be shortened or delayed. And I think that's going to affect a lot of things. So moving those rookie picks in Debbie leagues, uh, I, I think is probably good because even around rookie time, maybe you already had your rookie drafts or your rookie auctions. There's still that rookie fever going on. Future stuff is going to be worth more now than it will be midseason. It's 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 still kind of got that that taste. Guys like, oh wow, look at all those prices on these guys, or where this person went in this draft. I bet I could get a good player in you know in next year's draft. People think very uh, whatever the opposite of smart is. A lot of people think that way. So I do like the idea of potentially moving some some rookie stuff, especially if you, if you project to be a playoff team, uh, obviously if we don't have an NFL season, which is probably very, very unlikely. But you know, then you're kind of SOL and we'd probably just have to do like a random <laughs> a randomizer for, for pick value or whatever you want to call it. But if you project out as late and you're not going to be able to get one of those top two, three, four players that you would normally get in a rookie, spot i think you definitely should be moving your stuff if you haven't already
1: and then the other uh, side of the coin of debbie leagues of course is debbie drafts and 2021 debbie drafts would be severely impacted because you know for the most part juniors aren't getting taken in debbie leagues because they're normally taken in their freshman or sophomore years and so if there's a limited or no season you're basically going to have no tape or no, no box scores, no stats, for obviously the incoming freshmen, because that's just, you know, you never have those stats for the incoming freshmen, but also the incoming sophomores or what they would probably end up being classified as redshirt freshmen. So basically the two classes that you have to pick from in Debbie Leagues, you would have zero or very limited production to look at. So I, I think that that would severely decrease the hit rate of, of those Debbie picks, that, which already have an incredibly low hit rate. But also, I think that it'll, it'll just show, you know, I'm in a ton of Debbie Leagues. How much high school tape do I watch? Zero, <laughs> point zero, point zero. And so it, it'll just show how much peep each person relies on rivals, rankings, or ESPN top 300, and all those things. And basically, like, those things more than ever, and they already do, to, to an extent, shape Debbie drafts and Debbie auctions, but even more so, if this happens, it's like, okay, who? was the number one rb in 2020 in rivals like go to that guy like that's how you'll, you'll be making your debbie draft picks in 2021
3: yeah i mean virtually you're chasing five-star players that are going to big programs that's that's really all you can do without having you know a, a tape to watch or any other which, info which to go honestly on. isn't that much different than normal it's just... right for sure <laughs> but you know if you think about it in that perspective like the debbie drafts the the guys with the most money so the bad teams if you will are or whoever decided to stock up whoever has the most money is going to aggressively go after all of the top players or they should be if they're not they're probably not very good at this the lower end players or not lower end but people on the lower end of the spectrum with less money in my opinion should probably target the you know potential breakout candidates that won't have the chance to break out, but are maybe on that trajectory, or you chase those five-star freshmen or five-star redshirt freshmen if they weren't taken. I mean, you want to get your dart throws in, and the best dart throw you can make if you're not able to get the guys that we have real info and real numbers on is the guys that the best in the business say are the best. Go chase those five stars going to big programs if you don't have the opportunity to get a proven commodity. And even if you have the chance to get a proven commodity, I mean, like we just talked about for a little bit, it's the hit rates are so low, even when you're getting juniors and seniors in Debbie Leagues. I mean, it's what's you, your ceiling is, I think, higher. Your floor is almost non-existent, but your ceiling is a lot higher than just chasing those five stars.
1: All right, so uh, we will uh, wrap up the show with a little bit of, of Debbie talk. I guess we, we, we should, you know, we should definitely do a Debbie player-focused show in the next couple weeks. Maybe we'll have a guest for that one. But in terms of strategy, and we we talked about talk about this every year. But is there a position group? Is there a class of players, whether it's freshmen, juniors, uh, seniors? I guess I'll, one thing I'll start with, and I will give a shout out to uh, Anthony Miko. Post, uh, posted an article this week, basically about how if a player doesn't leave after three years they're probably not that good and so that kind of backs up with what maybe people thought before but he, he put some nice numbers to it so check out his his twitter page for that but that kind of you know is some negativity towards you know going after those seniors but for me often i'm i'm, I'm targeting the sophomores because they've shown you a year of tape and they have the upside that they haven't they weren't taken in previous years. So it's, it's like, they, they still have two years to show what they have on the field. Uh, you know, assuming everything goes right. And, and I think that that's just where the most upside with the least weight is taking those guys who are coming off of one year in college football.
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously you know, having all of the tape on, on this, the, the 21, what will be the 21 class, you know, your Jamar Chase's your Rondell Moore's, um, Chaba, um, Etn, Bateman—that that group of guys—I mean, we know more about now. Then you can look a little further out and look at like your your George Pickens, like Brees Hall, um, David Bell. I, I don't know—I'm a ton, a ton of names. I'm just trying to pick a few off the top. But yeah, I mean, going. Going for those sophomores that that you get a little bit from that aren't going to be as, as highly sought after as the as the juniors, you know that 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 could be a good move to make. But like you said, um, you know that what will be seniors if you don't come out as a junior, you know. And it was it was in Amico's it was Amico's article, and and I mean there's a lot to say there. So I think I think there's some of it. That the, these guys don't want to have their draft stock pushed back by a strong class. And this was a really, a really good rookie class. And only a few guys kind of opted to go back, but they're going back into another stronger class. Like the wide receiver class, the 21 wide receiver class is absolutely ridiculous. The running back class is pretty top heavy. And it's because of it the guys no, that. Are no, going but back. the running
1: back class is terrible from non-seniors like all, all the right. returning guys are the right. top guys
3: yeah i mean it's it's with hubbard it's etn and it's naji harris and then mm-hmm. it's a bunch of dead bodies so i mean super super top heavy and then you have a wide receiver group that's probably deeper than the group you just had and i mean we were like 20 deep in wide receivers this year as far as ones that were legitimate
1: mm-hmm. all righty that should wrap us up for today's podcast I want to let you guys know you can get a 10% discount by going to rotaviz.com and entering the promo code 2020RVRadio and yeah, that gives you 10% off to all of our content and tools and that is uh, sports podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, Any last words, Dan?
3: Stay safe, be healthy. We love you a long time.
1: Wash your
3: hands. (laughs) And? Kadoosh There it is. See
1: you guys next week. Oh, wait. Is there an ad
3: read? There most certainly is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Me love you a long time, Justin.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.